Welcome, welcome, welcome. Episode number eight, Radio Peligrosa. <laughs> We're here um, with a very special guest today, dear friend, uh, advocate, um, just awesome, 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 awesome. Uh, Stephanie Bedgada, give a round of applause, everybody. Hey! <laughs> Stephanie wears many, many hats, um, dresses, lipsticks, yes. uh, rhinestone-covered mics, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, music program coordinator for the city of Austin, music and entertainment di division. Yes. Um, you're part of the Greater Austin Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. Uh, yeah, part of their Hispanic Austin Leadership Program. Part of their uh, leadership program. She works with the ATX Music Office, working on jobs and growth and revenue and things yeah, of that nature. that's the social handle for the city of Austin, yeah. So it's all kind of connected. Um, you're uh, boss of Bidi Bidi Banda. Yes, and the Bidi Bidi Boss. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. A uh, bunch of other stuff. I mean, first Latina to play Blues on the Green. Mm -hmm. Uh, first to win an awesome music award in my category in your yeah. category mm -hmm. um, which was best tribute band best tribute band first Latina at a headline pecan street festival mm -hmm. I mean this is a this is a list this is I a mean, crazy ass list it's crazy because like I didn't really once I hit like 10 years of working in Austin music I I started to think about stuff like that and think about what my legacy was and mm -hmm. After I had my son, I'm like, man, what does my list look like? And I, you know, I, I just recently, like in the last year, started looking at it mm -hmm. in terms of a list. Right. You know, but it's a lot. It's fun. I mean, it, it, you know, it's, it's something you you talk about sometimes, and, and we could start. Uh, we can go back to to upbringing stuff and, and oh, things yeah, of we'll that nature. That. Mm -hmm. But you're kind of the the method in which you got involved with the city, um, which you were like visit. Uh, Interning with Visit Austin. Yeah. Right? Um, Man, you did your research. And, I'm like, and then, I <laughs> <laughs> And then you like worked your way into uh, ATX Music Office. Yeah. So I was at Visit, my first music experience in Austin was at Visit Austin, which is what the, at the time was Austin Convention and Visitors Bureau. Mm -hmm. um, I was at, I was at uh, ACC and I needed a, a government internship to move to the next thing. And they saw that I was a music minor and just sent me there, like, which, in hindsight, like who the hell gets just like sent there? Like now I have interns clawing, chomping yeah. at the bit to come work with us. And like, that's awesome. I was just placed. Yeah. So, um, I did that for a year. Like yeah. a kind of a happy accident that just kind of developed. I mean, well, we're, you were, you've been interested in music your whole life, right? For sure. Um, obviously. Yeah. Um, I went to school. Playing it. And did you go to school, like have formal education in music? Uh-uh, no. Yeah. I went to school to be a police officer, actually. No way. Because, like, the whole thing with my blue-collar parents was, mm -hmm. like, you know, they, like, 5,000% always supported my creativity, mm -hmm. whether I wanted to have blue hair mm -hmm. or sing backing vocals in a Tejano band, which mm -hmm. was, my first, was my first music gig. But the whole, their conversation and their communication to me always was, like, what are you going to do for money? Right. You know, because, like, this is not yeah. a money thing. Mm -hmm. Um classic yeah totally they're like okay so i was like okay well i'll go to school to be a police officer so while i was at i went to the university of texas at san antonio for a while and while i was there by day i was taking all my basics and like getting all of my like shit in order to do like can i cuss in here absolutely okay yeah, <laughs> getting all of my stuff in order to do shit <laughs> i was putting all those pieces into place to live this like law enforcement life mm -hmm. but I was in San Antonio, the Tejano music capital of the world, Absolutely. and it was just, I was immersed in that and in the experience, and I loved it. Um, and it was so funny, because when I went to school, like, it was San Antonio, which I go to San Antonio 
five times a month now, if not more. When I left, you would have thought that my parents thought I was moving to like Kuwait. <laughs> my whole family dropped me off at school. Yeah. My brother came. My dad was crying. Sorry, yeah. dad. But he was like, they just were so yeah. like proud, but also sad that I was Absolutely. leaving home. I'm the oldest, so I was the first one, you know. Oh, damn. Yeah. A taste of what's to come. Yeah. And it was just me and my brother. My brother ended Mm -hmm. up, we both still live in Austin, but Mm -hmm. my parents were really supportive, but also sad to see me go. So it was a good time for me to be in San Antonio and to Mm -hmm. get that and to do that. Um, You were uh, born and raised in Austin? Yes. Awesome. Uh, So I was from, I just had a conversation with somebody about this. I'm from Austin. I was born at St. David's Hospital. Um, when my was shout out St. David's Hospital, <laughs> my parents lived off of Riverside when I was born, so mm. I'm like a native East Austinite. Mm. Um, <clears throat> we've lived all over, you know, bounced all over the neighborhoods in the south and east side of Austin, yeah. but primarily I grew up in Dub Springs. Well, so. well, I mean, that should be at the top of your list because very rare there's like a, a living, breathing Austinite yeah. who's been here forever, who yeah. still works here, who loves it, who is participating in For the community. Sure. Like, participating in the process and the growth of the city absolutely you know what i mean because a lot of people who live here are just Mm like meh you know like let me get mine yeah i'm just gonna whether they get pissed and they move to bastrop or whatever you know (laughs) but like i i'm super immersed in it and i like i just at this point i'm so happy to like be here and to be part of it and to see how things have changed like i remember the trail of lights when you could drive through it oh crazy it's a long time ago Mm -hmm. um and when south congress was not a savory place to be and it was an unsavory Mm -hmm. like place you don't want to go a little seedy yeah i remember <laughs> specifically like hotel san jose went like a few years ago the new york times hosted their mm-hmm. party there and i'm like this used to be like a super shit place yeah. like you don't even know what you guys are walking on top of right now <laughs> so uh, yeah i'm in like super native austin i grew up uh, primarily in dove springs if anybody who knows anything about that neighborhood there's a line where mm-hmm. like half the kids go to school in that neighborhood and then the other kids are bused off to del valley oh crazy so i'm part of the del valley crew mm-hmm. uh so i went to school in austin in the easternmost part of the county mm-hmm. that's still austin yeah so I uh, graduated from Dove Valley High School. Uh, my family is very much ingrained in that school. My mom went to Dove Valley. My brother went there. My my nephew and my son will probably graduate from the Dove Valley area. So I rep Dove Valley hard. My mom's Let's the prin- yeah, Valley. Cardinals in the house. They got Cardinals, sorry. Yeah, she's a, my mom is the principal secretary at the high school still. So oh, it's wow. like we are yeah. Dove Valley people mm. <laughs> for what that's worth. Uh, but yeah, I went to Dove Valley High School and to UT San Antonio for a little while. Um, my mom got really sick when I was 20. My mom got breast cancer. She was diagnosed with breast cancer. And my dad and my brother just could not deal. They couldn't, they, they, you know, like they were dealing with their own emotional shit around that. Mm -hmm. And my mom really needed someone to come and be a champion with her for her. Mm -hmm. So I moved back home, Mm -hmm. um, went to ACC and that's kind of how I ended up at Visit Austin was I was pursuing a government job. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's where they placed me was at Visit Austin. It's so funny that like, I walked away from like working for the government and yeah. I'm just like now smack dab right in the middle right, of it again. Right back at it. Yeah. So, I mean, and this, this, these, this internship that led to uh, advocating for musicians kind of in turn motivated you then to, to, to do bitty bitty button that. Cause you weren't, you weren't playing at that point when no. you first were doing that, right? No, I wasn't playing at all. I I like was definitely one of those people, and even like our friend Rocky Reina was like, "You Love sprung Rocky. this shit on us. You sprung yeah. this on us." <laughs> so, uh, when I was at Visit Austin, like I remember specifically, I was 
working the door at a party for the spin for spin magazine and myspace it was like mm -hmm. an artist experience tent mm -hmm. tom morello came through that year wow. like it was it was crazy and super fun and soco lime was like the sponsor of the house wow. or whatever and i remember we we um you know amanda davenport right yes ma'am so amanda yeah. and i came up together like literally she started to visit austin one day and i yeah. started the next day nice. or something like that it was a day or a week apart but we were, they were called us the Wonder Twins and like we were doing everything together. So we were checking the the list at that party and that we played, we did it in exchange for South by wristbands, which mm -hmm. we ultimately yeah. did not get to use because we were working the whole time. And Absolutely. then they're like, okay, you guys can go to the, no disrespect to Spin Magazine or whatever. Yeah. But like, they were like, okay, we'll get you guys into the Spin Party and yeah. like it's at Stubbs or whatever. So cut to the day the Spin Party, Ahmed and I show up in our like best to go to the Spin Party and they're like, really need you to stay here and work the door while we go do this thing so we were so pissed and like you know that was the catalyst for kind of like what was fueling me wanting to become a musician and i was kind of like right. why is nobody asking me to sing why is why is nobody asking me if i want to be a musician and right. at that point i was like you know what i'm gonna learn how to do every fucking thing mm -hmm. behind the scenes yeah. so that i'm not gonna have to ask anybody for help and that i'm not gonna have to check names off the door right. off the list at the door like mm -hmm. i'm gonna be performing and i'm not gonna deal with this shit. Mm -hmm. so i did exactly that um just after my internship, I got a job at High Road Touring, mm -hmm. which is a booking agency based in San Francisco, Sausalito, California. Mm -hmm. And I learned how to be a proper booking agent and to nice. how to how to properly ask for money, how to properly mm -hmm. put myself in contracts. I did it for almost two years um, for really big talent. I mean, High Road has Robert Plant and right. the Alabama Shakes. And you were doing this for other artists. Yeah, I we yeah. I was helping. Um, my boss at the time with 40 international bands wow. and like big bands, yeah. you know, like the, the week after I left, uh, Matt, my former boss signed Alabama shakes. Yeah. So, I mean, I learned how to do it for the big dogs and yeah. like, it was really an incredible experience for me. Uh, it was hard. It was the hardest professional experience I've ever had in my life because I was not ready. And he right. was looking for somebody who was entry level who could kind of like you learn new stuff and not no, bring learn new stuff and not try to like, yeah, like mm -hmm. not try to teach an old dog new tricks right. in the best way possible. And he's mm -hmm. like super. I learned more from him in that time that I was there than I've learned at anything else nice. industry wise. So well, let's talk about that a little yeah. bit, because I mean, booking is you know obviously a huge component of being an artist and musician yeah. and surviving and making it um you know a sustainable thing in your life well, what are some things that you can like immediately say like I, I learned this here and i took it with me and you still do it today um from high road i learned that there are many different types one of the best things i learned is that there are many different types of deals and it's not always it's this chunk of money right. and that's it. You right. know what I mean? Like there's a plus deal where it's mm -hmm. like, it's this chunk of money. Plus if the bar, if the bar makes this, you get this. Mm -hmm. It's a versus deal where it's like you can make $5,000 versus 85% of what the bar makes, which mm -hmm. could be more, right. never less. Mm -hmm. um, it's a guarantee. Like they're just a straight out guarantee, a guarantee mm -hmm. with the accommodations, which is hotels, flights, etc. Um, uh, the, one of the most important things I learned is that there are the deal and that there's many different deals and like even if there's not money, if it's a new market, which we go to new markets a lot, I'm willing to take the risk and I gotta be, right. but I have to be smart about it because I have seven employees. Right. Um, so that's one of the most important things I learned. Mm -hmm. I got burnt out pretty quickly. Also at yeah. the time I was engaged to be married, mm -hmm. which was, I'm not <laughs> married, so I'll tell you that. Um, so I moved back, or I moved to Austin to, uh, I came I came to like be back in working in Austin. Yeah. You were doing that job from here remotely? They had an office in San Francisco, which I went mm -hmm. to frequently. And then I oh, was, wow. yeah, here in Austin mm -hmm. a lot as well. So I went into working 
specifically back in Austin when I came to Giant Noise, which is yeah. where I've been trying to figure yeah. this out all day or pretty much since you asked me about this. Mm-hmm. I do not recall how I met you. Yeah. I can't either, and I think you hit, I think it was giant, giant noise days. It was Pachanga. Yeah. I think so it, I think while so. all of this was happening, while while I'm getting this booking job, while I'm doing giant noise stuff, mm-hmm. I was also doing talent buying for Pachanga, mm-hmm. and I think that's how we met. So I knew I know that I met Manny before I met you guys because mm-hmm. Manny played the first Pachanga. Did yeah. you guys play the first Pachanga? I don't believe I did. It was a Waterloo Park. We the played one... Fun 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 Fest at Waterloo Park. Mm-hmm. I gotta imagine it was like some combination of Pachanga and Creekside. Oh and yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for I'm, sure. It's that it's that like 2005 era. Is that 2005? I yeah, met. I started working in in like this group with this group in 2008. Okay. So yeah. it was probably around that time, and like mm-hmm. I was definitely one of those people that were coming to y'all's Creekside Creekside yeah, shows, absolutely. and yeah. then like I mean, if you already knew Manny, Manny was already playing with me at Creekside yeah, before, yeah. even before Peligrosa started. Yeah. So, so I mean, like yeah. it's I I could not recall for the life of me how I met you, but I imagine yeah. it has some like confluence of Pachanga and Creekside. So I'll, I'll agree with that. Yeah. So um, the whole time I was doing Pachanga, like I did it for all the eight of the years, it was very um, like full circle moment for me to like yeah. have done the first Pachanga as like an intern and mm-hmm. to have played the last Pachanga. It was nice. a very big special deal. Yeah. And at the time, we didn't even know it was the last Pachanga. Mm-hmm. So it was a big deal. And I like super love Rich and Alex for doing yeah. that. For me, um, I have that eight years of festival experience under yeah. my belt for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but and I was. Then, and then so. You, what were you doing on on the festival side? That kind of like, what did you bring from the booking side to the festival? And so, then how, how did that booking change to the other to all the way to playing? I guess. So the the festival was so special to me because I literally had like I wasn't a festival like mm-hmm. like I wasn't a Richard and Alex, but I had my hands on every single piece of it. I yep. did everything from hand out flyers for Pachanga at Pecan Street yep. to assist Rich in booking, getting Calle Trece that year. Yeah. Like we did everything and yeah. we did media and like, I, you know, just mm-hmm. all this time that we were doing Pachanga, I was accruing all the skills to help musicians and to work with musicians. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the last year the Pachanga happened, we play, we headlined the kids stage or whatever. Yeah. And it was crazy and full circle for me to go through the contracting process with Rich <laughs> for myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So uh, I got to, I've got, I got to apply and I was working at the city by that time. Uh, all these skills and all these things that I was learning just with that group and for yeah. Rich and, and Alex and I can't think of anybody who I would rather have worked with. Was it? So. Were you taking it like thinking of it like very intrinsically like that at the time that you like when you started working on the contract for yourself to play the festival that eight years ago you were just getting started like helping facilitate other stuff like was that on your mind a lot? It was very much on my mind. It was yeah. like I do this really weird thing like mm-hmm. I, I I pride myself on being like not showing too many of my emotions in too many places, but I cried that whole through that whole experience. It was nice. very special for me. And it was it was so strange to like be in this place where just a few years before that I was working so hard to get into Gabla into a golf cart to get them to their stage yeah. and to have the crew that I'd been working with it's gonna make me cry right now. <laughs> but to have that crew that I'd been working with as just one of them yeah. like treat me like gold. You know what I mean? Like they they treated me like gold and they treated me like an a working musician who was an important part of the festival. Thank you. So that was nice. And the team at EPS, uh, Event Production Services, also was the team, also is the team who does Blues on the Green. So when I got there, like Mm -hmm. they were, 
they never treated me well they i was part of their team and then to play the biggest show of my life with them was very special it made it even more special yeah. that's awesome yeah so um yeah so when i moved to giant noise to do pr um i was helping the elaine elaine and rich who you know in the company yeah. um shout out rich shout out rich what's up uh i just talked to him on saturday about some pr stuff um but anyway, they taught me how to like be in the business of representing myself and representing others, making people look good, telling a good story, explaining the why of things. So that and the whole time it wasn't plotting and scheming. I was just accruing all these skills. And I was like, OK, when I have my band, I'm going to do that. I'm going right. to do that. So I did that at Giant Noise for two years. Huge clients, huge events, super fun. It did a Hyundai commercial. It was awesome. And then I got asked to come to the city. Uh, when I got to the city, uh, like I'm at the organization I'm still at, I hesitate to say it was a big mess, but it was not organized the way that it is now. Yeah. Um, and I've it, after being there for almost eight years now. Is this the program coordinator or? Yeah. Okay, okay. This is program coordinator. So ATX Music Office is the social media handle for all the things at the city. So okay. it's the same thing. Okay. Perfect. Um, when I got there, we were just kind of doing stuff. We were doing like music programming for kids, music in the parks. It's really hard to be mm -hmm. a city, a government entity and book things like that and become a tastemaker because Absolutely. sooner or later the bottom's gonna fall out and equal doesn't always mean equitable. Absolutely. You know? Yep. So uh, in the time that I've been there, I've gotten to do some really great work and I've gotten to meet some really incredible musicians and give people like who I really like mm -hmm. and who are super underexposed in that capacity opportunities. Right. like. To this day, one of my favorite things I've ever done is had you guys at City Hall for a proclamation. It was just Same. like, it was yeah. so serendipitously like full of like all these funny moments. Like when she, like all of your names, every single, this council member who will not be that named. Was beautiful. That was beautiful. All of your names were mis mis mispronounced. It's, a, it's on our uh, YouTube channel. <laughs> it was so funny. Just like. Uh, like she said, Pagame uh, as Pagami. Ariane. Ariane. I think she even like, like mess up Brian Ramos's name somehow yeah, or something totally. like that. Trying really hard to make it Latin. Yeah. <laughs> it was so funny and like I'll never. And I always like whenever I do proclamations now mm -hmm. and like people are getting rowdy. I was yeah. like, as long as you're not sliding down the banister of the staircases, <laughs> a la uh, my friends, I'll never forget that. I saw like I walked in and it was just like one of those like it was like a movie where the babysitter has lost complete control of the kids. I walk in and I see Bagamet like sliding down the banister. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> but it was okay. just it was a great day and I was so it was one of my proudest moments to be able to give like people who I legitimately like yeah. who des legitimately deserve credit. It, yeah, yeah. To this day, I mean that, that meant so much to me Yay. and the crew and like, you guys all showed up. It, it's, it's interesting to be, you know, and this is something I think you advocate for now and are aware of. It's like operating in this invisible way, but with all the same infrastructure that everybody else is using, but for some reason, either the music or the people that attend the party are ignored um, by the powers that be, you know. Well, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, like even with the work that I do with the banda, like I feel like the best thing I can do, I know that, that the band is like a safe bet for new promoter promoters who are like tiptoeing, dipping their toe in the Latin market and wanting to see what that can do. What can Brown do for you, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. um, I know that we're in that space and I think that the best thing I can do in, now that I'm in that space is this door has been open for me. I'm going to hold it open for as many people as I possibly can. And I advocate for musicians in that way 
I, I try really hard not to forget when a band was cool with me. We just played a show in Midland on Saturday where I needed sound. I needed a sound guy. And mm -hmm. my grandmother lives an hour north of Midland yeah. and she knew a sound guy. She knew a guy who knew a sound guy and he's in a band and they have their yeah. whole rig and wow. he brought his whole rig. And I've already asked him to play a show with us next time we're in their area. Beautiful. Like you got to keep paying yeah. it forward. Absolutely. And my whole thing is like, Thank you so much for giving me this gig. Let me tell you about Kiko Villamizar. Let right. me tell you about Peligrosa. Let mm -hmm. me tell you about Como Las Movies, Tiara yeah. Girls. You've, uh, it's amazing how you've done that in a way that's like you're not asking, you've never asked for anything in return. You yeah. just like out of the goodness of your heart <laughs> just have reached out on the behalf of a lot of these people that you see working yeah. that are maybe like need the extra like, hey, you know, pay attention to this person yeah. over here, like kind of coordinating people's attention and directing it in a way where it's like, yeah, we can all yeah. share in this. Like, you don't well, have to I be mean, so. <laughs> the, I, like, I love that saying, and I don't know who said it, don't, I don't know who it attributes to, but like mm. the easiest way to convince all of us that we need to compete with each other is to convince us that we're not the same. You know, right. we, all, this is our job. This mm -hmm. is our livelihood. And, you know, I don't feel the need. I'm not going to ever be in a place where I feel like I need to compete with somebody. Because as soon as that starts yeah. to happen, then that's not what in the spirit of what I want to do. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. So why, like... I, I just never, nobody ever told me I couldn't. So I just figured, like, why would I not make that space available if we're getting the Mohawk right. on Cinco de Mayo? Who could I give this opportunity to, right. you know? And, like, thinking kind of outside the box. Like, we had a drag queen. Mm -hmm. We were just talking yeah. about drag race. But I had yeah. a drag queen from RuPaul's Drag Race yeah. host our night on Cinco de Mayo. And, yeah. like, it was totally out of the box. And, like, thank you to, like, Austin Bailey and advocates mm -hmm. like him who are like, we've never done it before, but yeah. let's, let's go for it. And I... I have worked really hard and sold enough tickets to be yeah. able to when I call someone they fucking answer the phone yeah. you know what I mean so uh, it never occurred to me to not do that mm. so I'm that's like, interesting yeah. I wonder if that stems from like having the the experience of seeing the back end stuff and knowing that you know to be combative with a peer is kind of contradictory to how all the like booking works you you have to have a complete package and you have to be like presenting yourself not presenting other people's stuff for you or whatever the case may be you know what I'm yeah saying? yeah just getting off in the weeds and like the preserving your spot mm -hmm. is really like it's really easy to do that and it's understandable as to why people want to do that because mm -hmm. you're saving your gig right. you know what i mean like it, you're saving your like we play cinco de mayo at this place every year mm -hmm. um one thing that helped me too is like when i was at the at high road when i was doing bookings like i amassed this large like catalog of people i knew buyers from all across the country like the uh, buyer at acl live jack mcfadden 310 you know jack mcfadden at acl live not personally he's yeah. awesome he's an awesome guy but before he was at acl live he was in new york at union hall oh nice and i worked with him yeah. when i was a high road and he mm -hmm. when he he was the one of the first people i love jack he was one of the first people who when uh i got to high road like called me and was like this is, you have a very hard job and I know that. And how, let me know how I can help you. Awesome. You know, and when he came to Austin, I, I was one of the first people he called, which yeah. was, made me feel really like an adult. Yeah. And like the buyer who I work with in Tucson is the same guy, yeah. um, David Slutz, who I've known for 10 years. Wow. So, I mean, like. Your Tucson shows are crazy. Our Tucson shows are nuts. That it's, is insane. And like, it makes me so proud to like hear people or like the buyers in Tucson go, yeah. if if we had a house band, it would be bitty bitty bond that we're yeah. not even fucking from there, <laughs> you know, like we're not even from there. And they like to have someone advocating for us and being a champion for us. Like, yeah. I feel like I'm doing something right. Right. I think so, I, th I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, 
That was one of your first out of town gigs too. Um, I mean, out our of first state. tour. Yeah, that was our first tour. Uh, the first tour we ever did, man, it was three years ago at this point, four years ago. Um, we did uh, San Antonio, El Paso, Tucson, San Antonio, El Paso, Alpine, Tucson, Phoenix, mm-hmm. um, and then came back at San Angelo. And like, it was one of the proudest moments of doing Bitty Bitty Banda was driving to Phoenix, the furthest city we'd ever been to, and get to get a call ahead of time yeah. the day before to be like, you're sold out in Phoenix. They We'd never played there. They'd yeah. never seen us, but it's the power of Selena, you right. know, like just Absolutely. even now it's super special. So Phoenix and Tucson, we do really, really well. We have lots of friends there and yeah. we love them. So, well, let's, let's talk about Bidi Bidi Banda. Okay. Selena cover band. Mm-hmm. Um, tell, tell me about how, like why, why you started it? Like mm-hmm. what, influences selena have on you well so it all stems back to rich and alex at pachanga mm-hmm. so i um did you guys i don't know if you i don't remember if you guys played i know it was la vida la, 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 la vida bohem or maybe i forget that band but anyway we had we had secured empire control room to do our pachanga kickoff party oh. and we were really trying to drum up some excitement and get people to do we needed a girl on the op on the thing and i was like well you know i've been singing in this other band that like this trio that renee and rick from estevato and i were doing and the only people that were coming to my shows were my mom and dad yeah so i was like well i've been toying with this idea like i could do a selena tribute mm-hmm. and rich and alex were like book it go yeah so cut to me booking nine musicians that i thought i needed for a selena tribute we learned six songs we, yeah. we threw it up on like, announced it on pachanga social media and it was we played to a pack room, packed room, our first show. Crazy. It was crazy. And like, it was definitely one of those moments where I'm like, okay, this is all those things I was bitching about, all those things I wanted to learn, I needed to know. Yeah. This is going to be the opportunity to apply them. And bitty bitty, that, that first show was supposed to be the show. And yeah. I was like, going to put it in my, like, put that feather in my cap and say yeah. we did it. And it was a fun thing. I got a call from that guy, Jack. Mm-hmm months later asking if we would play formula one fan fest closing out a stage nice. against de la soul Hell yeah! and i was like i'm not gonna not do this <laughs> <clears throat> so we put the band got the band back together and you know we've been going ever since our first year we played five shows our second year we played 20 shows Damn. this year we are closing out at 82 shows wow that's a lot of fucking shows that's almost two a week yeah, like pretty much. A a week. We've definitely had those times where we're doing like four shows in a week and driving back and forth from Dallas. Um, so. Would you like how much uh, you started out with six songs and then how much of, of her catalog would you say you know? I mean, all the hits we do on a typical at a typical set when we play like straight through, I think we can do something like 21 songs and yeah. we pretty exclusively only yeah. do Selena songs. Yeah. Um, I don't want to be this band that learns a song right. for, has a price to learn a song right you know right 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 uh, i i did read something that was interesting i don't know if i read it right but you uh, also learned a song that she used to cover mm-hmm. yeah that's the only not yeah. selena song we do mm-hmm. which is juana la cubana which is the standard cubana. that's the yeah. only one that she didn't she and her team didn't Right. right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's Fito Olivares' classic. Yeah. We've been talking a lot about adding more Fito songs because yeah. I have an amazing saxophone player, Joshua Thompson, yeah, who is a pick a quick yeah. learner and like he can pick up anything. Nice. So um, we've been talking a lot about that. But we like I didn't want to be a band that was like, I'll learn any song you want me to. I mean, right, we've right. done that a couple times mm-hmm. and it always felt weird because right, right. um, like um, at my like 
genuine core, I never wanted to do this forever. Right. You know, like, and I'm already thinking, of, I'm always thinking about what I want to do after this. Absolutely. And I'm yeah, not going to be able to go up there and look cute forever. Right. You know? You definitely seem like you keep like a one-year goal, five-year goal, and 10-year goal Absolutely. in your head at all times. Absolutely. <laughs> I could not operate if I didn't have that in mind, you know, mm -hmm. and like... Do you think that helps like with the sanity of dealing with the now? For sure. To know that it's towards something yeah for sure i like i know what we're gonna do next year i know right. i know we're gonna go on tour next mm -hmm. year and like i wanted to wait and having a baby totally threw a monkey wrench in all my shit mm -hmm. in the best way possible yeah. but like i knew i knew i know next year we're gonna go on a tour yeah. and i wanted to wait until he was old enough to like not be sad about it yeah, you know and absolutely. he could and his dad and i are in a place where we have a co-parenting mm -hmm. relationship that makes sense for him yeah. um so you know that's been that's been a little bit of a challenge but i i definitely like setting goals and not yeah totally getting super fucking down on myself if I don't meet every goal oh, or if it changes amen, half, yeah. I change, like I'm yeah. not going to do that to myself no. so changing at the halfway point or like knowing that something's going to be different before mm -hmm. the end of the year like I know we're going to go on two tours and I have these other projects I'm working on mm -hmm. and I've been like I like just not bumming myself out about it so are those uh U.S. tours yeah we'll just do U.S. we haven't left the country mm -hmm. um but we've done all the major markets like mm -hmm. LA, Vegas, Chicago, Denver, nice. New Orleans. We've done all yeah. the cities, you know, like, you're, man, we like did. You're, you're the year after y'all should do a Europe tour. I'm thinking about it. Yeah. And like, there are other, so one of the things there's, that. There's a whole bunch of yeah. stuff to play out there. It's crazy. Totally. So there's other Selena tributes yeah. and mm -hmm. like, people are always like, what? I'm like, mm -hmm. yeah, there's other ones. And like, one thing that's, I knew Knowing what I know about Austin and its musicians, I knew that if I was going to do a Selena tribute, it could not be a hokey, like, purple jumpsuit shit. And right. that's no disrespect to the other Selena tributes, yeah. but, like, I am from the, like, not live music capital of the world, but yeah. I have a lot of musicians who are my friends, and if it was shitty or, like, not... Kitschy or whatever. If it was, like, yeah, yeah if it was kind of lame, not to say that they're lame, but if yeah. it was, like, any of those things, you guys would tell me. Right. Or you would not tell me, and oh, I would they, know because you would... They would definitely would. tell you. Right. <laughs> so I know that just, like, the pedigree of musicians who I surround myself with mm -hmm. would not be as supportive of this as they are. And, like, I, I am... I have the, a group of y'all, yourself included, Adrian Quesada included, who mm -hmm. I super respect and who's uh, um, not admiration, but like mm -hmm. who's like approval I really want. And right. I seek it all the time, you mm -hmm. know, like whether I tell you guys, I'm telling you now, but like whether <laughs> I tell you guys or not, it's, it's important to me Same, absolutely. that you guys mm -hmm. like know that I'm doing my best and that mm -hmm. you're, when you work with me, you're going to get a pro. Mm -hmm. So I was so freaked out. Adrian actually um, introduced us at our South by Showcase at Auditorium Shores oh, and I recorded his speech and like... <clears throat> at the halfway point you can hear me like sobbing from what he's saying i was just like oh my god what if you're fucking lame so he you're but he mic'd up. yeah i was yeah and like he just like i i that's the god that's the kind of validation Absolutely. i seek i, yeah. I want to be respected by my peers mm -hmm. more than i and like we love the fans of the banda and those but i know that those fans are selena's fans right you know, mm -hmm. so I care more about being respected and looked at as a professional by my peers than mm -hmm. I do about making sure that my Selena jumpsuit is a perfect replica. I just Absolutely. don't care about that. And right, we don't right, do that. You right. know, play the so. song. You play the songs pretty straightforward. Yes, we play the yeah. songs. That's I think that's one of the things that's been a key to our success is mm -hmm. I have an incredible band leader who's my keyboard player. Mm -hmm. Who is and Renee Chavez uh, from Rock and Roll Rentals, my original guitar player, really they set the precedent of like, if we're going to do this, we're going to do this great. Right. And I think that for me, 
the goal with Bitty Bitty Banda is to have people be able to come to our show, mm-hmm. close their eyes, and not listen to me, but mm-hmm. to listen to the band right. and go to that place where they can sing along the mm-hmm. way that they think, you know, because yeah. it sounds so accurate. Yeah. So I think that we've obtained attained that. And <laughs> like, that's... What's up with that uh, El Paso show? Which that one? you lost your voice at. Oh, shit. So that was our first tour. We were playing in San Antonio the night before, and I could feel myself getting a little sick. And it was the middle of the summer, so I'm like, I'm not going to get the flu or anything like right. that. Wake up, go to El Paso, and I could, like, my partner at the time, I was texting him, I'm like, I don't think I'm going to be able to sing tonight. We get to El Paso, my voice is completely gone. I'm literally, like, mouthing words, and the guys are like, what? I'm like, don't t- tell me what. Like, you, like, I can raise my voice, bitch. So we get to the hotel. I'm like, I'm going to take a nap. And I'm gonna hope that my I'm gonna cross my fingers and wake hope that I wake up and I have a voice. Got to the show and like also we that that tour except for Phoenix we went into all those shows blind like we yeah. didn't I didn't I wasn't looking at ticket counts because I didn't want to psych myself out like right. that and I as a buyer know that if it's the show's in trouble I'm gonna hear about it before it's too late. Right. Um, so I didn't hear anything from anybody. That El Paso show, like every time, I'm like, if nobody shows up, it's okay. Yeah. We get to the club, the line to get in is fucking around the block, Badass. which is fucking amazing. Our first time in El Paso. Um, and I was number one, is super jazzed because we were gonna make some good money that night, but also just heartbroken because I had no voice. That crowd carried that show for me. And That's you, crazy. they were, you, you, if they were upset about it, you couldn't tell. They were singing. <laughs> They were, even if I had my voice, they were singing louder than me. No way. You know? Yeah. So like, it was just like, I was, my voice like was lifted up on the wings of the El Paso <laughs> community. Um, and that was really special for sure. And that, and I proceeded to do the rest of the tour with no voice. Really? <laughs> Eventually in Phoenix, it somewhat came back, yeah. but not really. Interesting. So. Yeah. I mean, I guess it, it, enough people know the lyrics of the song where yeah. it's part like hearing you and hearing the band and part singing it out of their brains like yeah belting it and i'm just good there to keep it. time i'm yeah. just there to keep help keep people keep time you know like um it's funny because i've definitely gone to the grocery store and pet people have had people yell bitty bitty banda to me i think people think my name is bitty bitty banda or something like that but um i'm just like i feel like i'm just a catalyst in like getting people to i want to see their joy and so you know what i mean like if this these songs yeah. that people just love selena myself included but like you know i've met all the super fans and I I feel like I'm in a interesting place as a gatekeeper of information because everywhere we go someone has a Selena story for me and I like I take it and I'm like oh my god thank you for telling me this and I wish I had done a better job now that I'm just thinking about it but I wish I'd done a better job of kind of chronicling that and right. recording it but it's hard to kind of get people mm-hmm. to ask people to give you that in advance right you know so um yeah but you could totally turn that into a podcast too this is my selena experience your, podcast. Side, your side your fireside chat on tour i know like, what did selena do for you right totally and i'm like well you want to come up with this like people just like drunkenly coming up to me after the show hey you have 25 minutes to tell me that story i'm just gonna mic myself up here yeah so um i mean this is would you see kind of a full circle like did you feel this way about Selena, when you were growing up? Yeah, so I'm from like from Austin, and when I was eight years old, the Tejano Music Awards yeah. were like on broadcast television in prime time. Yeah. And the first time I ever saw her mm-hmm. was on the Tejano Music Awards where she had the red strappy bustier thing, and yeah. she opened the awards with Emilio Nevada. Yeah. And I remember just like going, I don't know how I'm gonna do that, but I wanna be just like her. Yeah. Not, I don't think it was gonna be so literal, but like, I want to do just exactly what she's doing. So I, 
have always been a like a person with like gigantic dreams and hopes and I've always wanted to be that musician who played stadiums and arenas so that yeah. was what that's where I wanted to be it, like it wasn't like I never really was interested in playing in it like a coffee shop nobody really yeah. is I right. don't no think it's like gets into the music business to play all I want to do is in play in the, bar. all I want to do is play at the Hutz hamburgers <laughs> yeah. shout out to Hutz but uh yeah I I always wanted to be like mm-hmm. so I spent my whole life wanting to be in these arenas and wanting to be in stadiums and wanting to play for tons of people and now that I get to do that I'm not going to start complaining about it now yeah, I, I mean so. I'm sure there's things like and this is maybe where your background helps out it's like if you didn't have that background, you'd probably be running into some of the issues that you would have to deal with if you didn't know. About oh, it. shit. Yeah. I'd be making bad decisions for sure. Gotcha. I'd be making really bad decisions, poor decisions in terms of like just like my career and my yeah. trajectory. And mm-hmm. like I'd be taking magic beans all over the place, right. you know, which is easy to do. And like I talked to so many musicians who even in Austin are like, yeah. well, we just met this promoter or we met this talent buyer, or this, uh, this guy who wants to book us and we pay him a set rate per month. I'm like, that's not how that shit works. Right. He needs to work for you. Right. Um, you don't work. You don't pay him to find you shows. And I mean, I, it's so true, and it happens so much. And I think like people get discouraged because they run. In, they have those situations. I mean, as somebody who's working in the advocacy realm, do you ever see a place where some of those things can be avoided? Like, I don't. I don't think that's necessarily even like you know the city doesn't support this much of the Latino population. I yeah. think it's just a music industry in general. It's yeah. People out there to take advantage of people left and right. For sure. And usually when I, when things like that are brought to my attention from musicians, they kind of already know that the shit's not on the up and up. Cause if Absolutely. you're asking me, yeah, like you're asking me for me to like, to confirm. tell you, yeah, to confirm that this is not okay. Yeah. And I'm happy to do that. And any, but like, that's my job. And I love, I love getting to talk to musicians. I love getting to meet people for the first time. I'm meeting this guy who just moved here from Philly. Um, tomorrow, but like I love talking to musicians and being kind of the first point of contact because we, as the music and entertainment division, are responsible for letting musicians know and confirming for them that we work for you and that the government can work for you. The city mm-hmm. government mm-hmm. can and will work for you mm-hmm. um, with minimal effort from yourself, you right. know. And like we, we, it's less about giving you fish and more about teaching you how to fish so that you can fish for the rest of your life. Absolutely. So um, the revenue development, business development piece is great. And I love getting a chance to talk to musicians just to work through their business ideas, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I get to apply seven or three of the seven members of the music office staff are legitimate musicians who played like we've toured. We know what we're yeah. doing, you know. So it, it's funny to me to hear people call and be like, you wouldn't know the first thing about being a musician. I'm like, OK, mm, I know the first 10 things yeah. at least. Yeah, totally. And I know that like I would never be the person calling to complain about something I don't know anything right, right. about. So. I mean, people are going to complain gonna about complain. shit, but for sure, especially if you're picking up the phone and listening. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, so I always say that on the starting point. It's your job to pick up the phone. So, well, not specifically, but you know, what I mean, it's, yeah, it's my job to respond yeah, and right. to, to yeah. make sure that people know that they're heard. And most, like, man, 99 percent of the time, people just want to know that they're being heard Absolutely. and that someone has like taken what they've said mm-hmm. and taken it to heart. And like just so much of my job is just listening, right. you know, and when I can advocate or can provide support or oversight, I will. Mm-hmm. But there have been so many times when I've just been on the phone. I'm like, thank you so much for this information. And like, yeah. you know, I'm not, I don't, there's nothing I can apply it to now, but I right. promise you yeah. this will be taken into consideration. Mm-hmm. You know, what are, what are some of the other things you're doing uh, as a coordinator? 
so um, a couple things I'm doing right now. Uh, we did the Proposition B mm-hmm. just failed. There was a big election last week about mm-hmm. how money is going to go back to ven- venues and musicians. We're right now we're implementing a plan on how to do that. Mm-hmm. I just came from work where we were implementing working on our strategy to how to do that. Is this is this money for grants? We don't know because okay. um, w- currently in Austin. Uh, the city grants are funded by the hotel occupancy tax, correct? That's correct, yes. And most of the grant providing comes from the cultural arts division, Mm -hmm. which is a different division from ours. Mm -hmm. Because we work so closely together and because we do a lot of similar work, it can be a little bit misconstrued as like the city music office needs to give me some money. I have significantly less money than the cultural arts division does. And we don't, our funding model doesn't support giving people grants. We can push you in the right direction. But Mm -hmm. now that we have this, this, we've come into this, money um we have to figure out how we're going to do that best in highest use and in a way that is ethical and that will meet not only meet but exceed city of austin standards so uh it's a lot to to take on but we want to and we want to make sure that everybody from Grossa to the asylum street spankers have had their chance to tell us how they think we should spend this money absolutely so uh there's that (laughs) that's the biggest uh i said pile of paperwork on my desk right now 2020 2020 the 2020 experience and then i'm doing this really interesting program so all those big skyscrapers downtown Mm -hmm. most of them are coming from a company called trammell crow they're the Mm -hmm. developer they have given the city some funds to um, make live music happen in their space and i'm doing that via a program called the street performance program awesome um which is every saturday there are four unamplified performances it's not for everybody so Mm -hmm. it's not a peligrosa gig no but um for unamplified performances we've had Tejano bands which is really cool and um, they come and perform and it's a really odd gig so if you are used to playing a club for 300 people it's a little bit jarring and I've definitely kind of seen it firsthand these musicians like nobody's clapping for me what the hell I just finished that killer song (laughs) Um, and the the opening up of your guitar case like we try to respect and to support and advocate for musicians of all walks of life and Mm -hmm. this is a different audience and what I've tried to do is put in different musicians who aren't used to that space but it does take a little bit of a disclaimer conversation before and be like you're doing a great job. You're mm-hmm. doing exactly what you've been paid to do. Don't get your feelings hurt. Don't get discouraged. Yeah. This is just a different environment. Mm-hmm. And we want to, what I want to do with that is to, to be able to say, hey, this musician can work in, in under any circumstances. Absolutely. And that's what we're tasked with doing. Like oh. one of the bands that played two weeks ago was playing, they had to play and there was a jackhammer happening like a yeah. hundred feet from them. And I'll show you the video. It's yeah. nuts. But, um, I, t- I walked up to them and I'm like, you guys, you know, you don't have to do this. You can stop whenever you're ready. And they were like, we've played in front of a building being demolished before. And I'm like, <laughs> and then the band before that, he's like, I played in front of people like kicking each other's asses at a club. He's like, I, we are unfazed and yeah. unbothered by this. And That's awesome. Yeah. Because so. I mean, you're still advocating for, you know, musicians to learn, giving opportunity for people to learn on their own yeah. without being like, hey, learn about this. And then you're learning that people are like experiencing this stuff already mm-hmm. and can deal with it. You For know? sure. And it's super awesome. And it's a, it's just a testament. I've always, my whole, like I always have believed that musicians deserve respect and it's always been a thing for me to consume live music. I, I remember going to Aquafest and being like, oh, okay, there's music happening. It was just, just always something that's been in my life and it's very regular to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to be able to say, hey, musicians can, they can play under any circumstances. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they're not all, yeah. you know. Pre-Madonna's. Right. right. Especially so. when you're grinding, it's like, 
look, right. I'll play underwater totally with all my extension cords. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, let's uh, go. Yeah, we just get there and there's like nothing. But you're like, do you have an outlet? Can I just plug this exactly. in right here? Can let's I go. St- Renegade. Yeah, our keyboard player on we played that show in Midland and they had mm-hmm. we asked for a mic stand which they did provide and yeah. we didn't communicate that he had two keyboards. Yeah. So it was like one mic stand or one keyboard stand and then we, he had to I'll show you the picture of this legitimately put his second keyboard on like a preacher's like pulpit like oh. sermon thing <laughs> and like we posted a picture of it on Instagram and we're like when you have a show at 8 but you're giving the sermon at 9 like, <laughs> just like it, but it was a perfect height and like you just kind of like musicians are some of the like most of the musicians I work with and associate myself are some of the hardest working people I know. Absolutely. And can make anything work. Absolutely. You, and you have to, especially when you're yeah. like someone like you who plays a hundred more more gigs than yeah. me a year. Like, yeah. you never know what you're walking into unless no. you like it's like a Saturday thing for you. Yeah. Volstead, you always know what it is. I mean, still I carry backup stuff even to something as regular as Volstead. You know. Yeah, I'm, totally. Got backup you never cables, know. backup power, backup one of my turntable breaks, backup needles. Yeah. Like I can, you never I can know rock when this that... show with just a mic. Totally. <laughs> if I need to, you know. Because you never know when like your DI is on its last life or whatever. Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? Like you never know when that shit's gonna die. It's all feedback from here. Yeah. So it's just it's a, I I have seen and now experienced so many musicians just mm-hmm. grinding and doing it, and because this is your job and it is this, you are a small business and. How do how do people um reach out to you mostly at, at, at um, the music office yeah um mostly and and what more importantly like how what kind of people are you trying to reach and and what are ways they can get in contact with that information yeah yeah so i mean we're trying to reach it's so funny because i get calls from people once a week who were like, hey, uh, I, some, I, I heard you're with the state music office and someone told me to contact you. I don't work for the state. I work for the city. Or I heard you're the... That's different. That's the Texas music office. That's the state music office. Mm-hmm. They do a lot of great work, but mm-hmm. different. And they, yeah. serve the, they serve the state. Um, so, I mean, in terms of who we're trying to reach, we want to make sure everyone knows that we exist. Right. Um, and that we are not in the business of telling you what you can't do. We want to talk about what you can do and how we, you can continue to make this, make it as a musician in this city. Um, and not have to struggle you know a couple of things we can't oversee or can't have any oversight on are like affordable housing everyone's struggling with affordable housing and we as the city at the city level can't really advocate for anything in that regard in terms of, I mean like it's a hard conversation to have yeah but to answer your question uh we advocate for everybody I want to hear I want to know I know this will never happen but I want to know about every musician in Austin and what they're doing and what they want to do you know um, and how we can help absolutely and you guys have a bunch of um, like open to the public economic development meetings yeah. and yeah, we're getting ready to announce so that that big chunk of money that we got that got approved. We're doing a stakeholder oh, yeah. session That's on it. That's on the sixteenth. Yeah. Yeah. We're doing a stakeholder session on that. Um, um, and you guys do a bunch of workshops. Tons of workshops, yeah. What, so what are, what are some of the workshops? We've done one where we've convened all the booking agents to try to fig- to get like feedback from them on what the challenges are what's working what's not working and you know we we find that's a way we find out that there's that you know there are things that are circumventing them doing their process you know like in most of the time it's usually a miscommunication so visit austin right now omar lozano shout out to omar omar has uh he a great job where he and a piece of what he does is hire an austin musician so you can mm-hmm. go to his website and like what's his website um austintexas.org i think okay. 
you can go to their website and hire like literally if you're a convention or something call in a musician call in omar and he will go through his rolodex mm -hmm. of vetted musicians who are professionals who will show up with an intern key a performance for you um we didn't realize that booking agents were not okay with that because like omar was basically taking their gig and like calling musicians and doing it that way yeah. um and it ended up being just a thing where I was like, hey, this is a miscommunication. Omar's doing great work. Right. He's actually advocating for you. And right. let's just make sure we're all in the same process Absolutely. here. So my, I always say in the work that we do, tell us what color pom-poms to show up with and we'll be there. If you're doing a music thing where you're not asking people to pay to, for free or pay to play mm -hmm. or something that is by city standards unethical, yeah. we're there. We want to support you. So just you know, call us. And if you need us to tweet your 12th anniversary show is happening, let's yeah. do it. You know, We'll yeah. do it. Cool. I'm going to so, ask you that. Yes. Oh, we were going to do that anyway. <laughs> um, and you also do like uh, workshops for grant writing process? Yeah, that's for the, cult cult that's cult the cultural arts division. Yeah. Um, so whenever... But that's like, a way you're working with them? Mm -hmm, yeah. So whenever this, the a musician calls and is like, hey, I'm doing a festival mm -hmm. or I'm starting up a, fir a first year festival like, yeah. and I need some funding. Like there's, it's like definitely one of those things where the longer you're in the process, the more funding you can accrue. Absolutely. And it's not just something where you ask for it and it shall appear. No, you I mean the, the, the culture initiatives grants are definitely a process for that. Just right. like any other grant, you know? Totally. And it's, it's a process just like any other process. Yeah. Like, you know, you're getting city. If you're qualified. If you meet the, qual uh, the requirements, you're able to apply and then the application process is you know, but can be long and arduous or or not. You know, there's people in Austin like Fusicology and Austin Creative Alliance that'll like kind of facilitate some of the mm -hmm. help with grant writing stuff. So For sure. that's something that I did not know. Like I just trickled over 12 years. The, the information trickles in as I'm looking for it, as I'm uh, and as I'm reaching out and trying to understand the whole process. Mm -hmm. And something that I learned, like I've, I've written a couple grants myself, even mm -hmm. though I know there's people out there that'll write grants for you. But I'm, I'm, I think we're similar in the way where I want to learn how to do it first, and yeah. then if in the end I want somebody else to do it, at least I know what to expect or how to delegate totally it, that's uh, we just were talking about how mm -hmm. like i have a tendency to be my own worst enemy like i yeah. want to do everything myself mm -hmm. and like the reason that bitty bitty banda is fully functional through me is because i don't want to give it to anybody else because no yeah. i'm always like nobody's gonna work as fast or as hard or as smart as i am but mm -hmm. that's not true you know i'm just yeah. like it's just my baby and i don't want to give it to anybody my Absolutely. bitty bitty banda is my first baby and i'm second <laughs> now i have another actual baby now you have a baby yes who's gonna be um he'll be the, too. Mer the merch kid oh yeah nobody eats at my house for free <laughs> happy he, birthday yes happy birthday he'll be two on thursday he hates bitty bitty banda my son hates it interesting well i mean he he I, I hated my parents' music growing up until I was at the age to where I was like, oh, this is badass. Yeah. Well, his whole thing, because he's two and he loves mom, like mm -hmm. when I'm on stage performing, he's usually with, uh, you know, someone with my mom mm -hmm. or with like what bandmate's wife. And he's looking at me. Like, I remember, I'll never forget, we played the halftime show of the Spurs game this year. And he came and I got him a little DeRozan jersey and he was there and like ready to go and hanging out with me. When I got on stage, like the look that that kid gave me, he was like, what the hell are you doing up there? Come up, come down here and sit with me, please. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he's, you think he like embarrassed? No, no, he's like, annoyed. Like, yeah. He's like more annoyed than anything else. 
Um, and one time my mom asked my nephew, uh, speaking of children being very honest, one time my mom asked my nephew, how do you feel when, how do you feel when Stephanie is on stage singing? He goes, embarrassed because she's too loud. <laughs> I was like, thank you, kid. That's definitely, yeah, kid. That's, that's a 10 year old mentality. Right there, yeah. yeah. So my son's not a big fan. He doesn't know how to count to four in Spanish. Like, uno, If dos, you, if dos. you played Fortnite though. No, right. <laughs> if I, yeah. If that was the, I don't know what Fortnite is. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm looking here to see what else um, the Cultural Arts Division is doing. Um, yeah, they do a lot of really interesting grant writing work. Um, there, if if, the, if there's one message I can get across in this podcast is that the Cultural Arts is, Division is who you want to talk to if you want monies. Right. We are who you want to talk to if you want advocacy and you want to learn how to make monies. Mm -hmm. So we and work. And the Texas Music Office is who you call when all of that's put together and you want to be added to the registry of yes. Texas musicians. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. PEMDAS. I mean, that's huge information. It is huge information. Mm -hmm. And I am on a constant journey to try to identify, try to identify what it is that we do and what it is that we don't do. Because mm -hmm. the more you know. And I just want to get you what it is that you're trying to get. And like, I don't right. want you to be pissed at me right. when you take a meeting with me. And I'm like, I don't have $35,000 for your project, right. you know? Um, I mean, you, you know, kind of to backtrack, I think the hardest question to ask in any situation, specifically in the music business, is the question you don't know the vocabulary to. Mm -hmm. Like, and yeah. I see people get upset all the time about the things. And it's just like, you, you don't know what... You're, not, you're asking the wrong questions, first mm -hmm. of all, and you don't know the right question to ask. Right. It's and it's different. hard to like get out of that frustration sometimes when really you're trying to play some shows and shit. But. Right. Or like we, it's like going to a rest, like going to a Chinese restaurant and asking for Mexican food. Like we just mm -hmm. don't, don't, we don't have right. that. Right. We don't, I don't have the capabilities. Mm -hmm. I don't have the facilities to right. do that here. I want to help you, but I don't. Just rice and fried egg. Right, right, counts. right. I mean, that's true. Yeah, yeah. They, you can make it work, but it, we can make it work, but it wouldn't be, it won't be the same. Yeah, it won't be the same. Name drop uh, playing halftime at the Spurs game. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't y'all play? Shameless self promotion. Did y'all play a uh, UT uh, football game? Yeah, we just did Longhorn City Limits. First Latinas, to, first Latina to play Longhorn City Limits. That's we beat. Awesome. Shout out Adrian Quesada and Vallejo. We beat you. You're next. <laughs> you're next week. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we I still haven't had Adrian on here. I've reached out to him and we're gonna get him on here because I love the guy. I mean, oh, man. he's a mad genius and like. The, like looking at the back of his head as he's at his engineering desk yeah. is like one of the soothing, yeah. most soothing pictures. It's like <laughs> watching the him. wizard from the yeah, wizard of Oz. Exactly. You're like, Oh, he's real. <laughs> oh shit. He's and yeah. I've had the good fortune of like being playing in a band that he was like mm -hmm. overseeing, which mm -hmm. is so special. He's, he's, it, it's easy to get into a place where you get like a tiny little drip, a drop, one single drop of success and be like, yeah. bye y'all. But he is, yeah, he's like the antithesis of that. And like he always makes the time to say hello. He mm -hmm. like, he knows even when the guys were playing in Estevato, yeah. like the, most of the guys, no, just no secret. Most of the guys who were in Estevato are now in Bitty Bitty Banda. Yeah. I used to manage Estevato, <laughs> but he will make the time. Mm -hmm. And he, you know, he's, he's such good people. I remember we did a show. Do you remember Esme Barrera? She was um, she like, was part of Girls Rock Camp, and she was very like unfortunately. Era. Well, no, she was very like unfortunately murdered yeah. on New Year's Eve oh, a few yeah. years ago, and we um, Rocky and some of the Vatas and I hosted a fundraiser to raise funds for her, you know, funeral costs and yeah. stuff. And I remember. Rocky booked the bands and or, or and it was at Frontier Bar. Remember Frontier Bar? Oh, wow, yeah. It was at Frontier. Mm -hmm. And Frontier owners helped us in some of the bookings. So they plugged in some bands. And I didn't to be honest with you, I did not know 
almost all of them. So mm-hmm. midday, there was this band, and we're like, okay, so and so, so and so, so and so, and this band, Money Chicha, is coming up. I'm like, who the hell's Money Chicha? And we're like, me and Rocky are like, I don't know, we've never met them, but they're gonna be there, and you know. That cut to like two o'clock in the afternoon, Adrian and Greg and like basically, yeah, Grupo shows up yeah. and they're like, this is our new thing. And we were just like, <laughs> oh my God, why are y'all playing in this, this space at I, two o'clock I, in the I afternoon? I literally lived across the street from Frontier yeah, Bar. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, it's just, it, it was interesting. And like Adrian is, all that to say, Adrian's good people and yeah, he's absolutely. always advocating for mm-hmm. all of us and like. And he's uh, like amazingly humble as hell. Uh-huh. And he's like put his head down and work whether he's engineering or playing now he's in Black Pumas mm-hmm. and I think he's back from Europe but they just did a European tour with yeah, Black Pumas I, I just saw him last week at a, a Cosmic and he was yeah. he said that they're home and that they're doing this thing nice. and yeah, and I mean, like, and like everything he touches, like turns to gold. Yeah, he played with fucking Prince. Yeah, he's played with Prince. He did. He did Kimmel. You know, yeah. like he's just he's yeah, doing they just, it. They just play the Kimmel show. Yeah, he's awesome. doing it, and has never in the entire ten plus years I've known him, mm-hmm. like brushed me off or not said hi to me or not. I've never heard that dude say a bad word about anybody. Mm-mm. Like, and I'm going to ask him why when I have him on here. I know. What's wrong with you, Adrian? <laughs> that's, why he's, that's why he's usually so quiet. because he's got all these, like, right. he, he knows so much. Mm-hmm. Him and, like, Gina Chavez, I love so oh, I love much. Man. She And she she's is such, on the road. She's hustling, yeah. I'm so happy for her. Like, it's just incredible work that she's doing. And, like, she really has just kind of built this thing from the ground up. And yeah. her and her wife, Jody, mm-hmm. are a unit. And, yeah. she, and it's, you know, she has earned every gig she has absolutely so love i feel a little bad with gina because she there was a time where i was like writing more beats ish mm-hmm. and she would like reach out to work on beats but i never like focused in on the completing the beat thing i still write them all the time i just never finish them <laughs> and i mean in that in that case like i think with like i know with like you guys and for us with adrian and gina even like when we have best of intentions and we want to work together mm-hmm. it doesn't always come together but it always yeah. circles back it always circles back yeah that's the crazy part though totally there's like, always if you, gonna if be a you thing. stay in the game you're gonna circle back for sure because yeah. people fall off and then we're left with each other yeah og's oh, been stuff forever yeah and there's <laughs> always a thing where like I always anticipate that you guys are going to be too busy. We're like so and so, or Gina's going to be too busy, or Adrian's going to be too busy. Cut to like, like we're doing a project and they show they show up, and yeah. I'm like, oh my god. So I mean, that's always nice, and like it's it's a little family unit we have here, and we we do better together. Yeah, absolutely. So. Strength in numbers and mm-hmm. other um, uh, proverbs. Yes, yes, yes. Other other things. Uh, grand speaking design. of proverbs, there was something that you brought up in an interview with I don't remember who. Um, but it was referring to Selena mm-hmm. and something to the effect of like the influence of seeing somebody that looked like you mm-hmm. on that stage. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about that a little bit because sure. I, I mean, I think that's true for everybody and mm-hmm. I, and I think that's why we're finally getting an opportunity to have conversations about inclusivity and representation. Yeah. Um, well, so, um, I don't you know who Aquafina is. She's like an MC. Yeah. She's in mm-hmm. Crazy Rich Asians. Mm-hmm. I love her. Yeah. And she won an award. And I saw her, like, give, and, like, get on stage and say, you know, when you don't see people who look like you yeah. making their dreams come true, it makes it seem like it's impossible. And for me, Selena, like, definitely was like, she looked like she could be in my family. Mm-hmm. And I was like, she, and not, not like, well, if she can do it, I can do it. But if right. she's doing it, right. there's a space for me, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so she really has become the catalyst in that way. I just loved her. And like, 
ever since I was eight years old, like she was like, she kind of became like my religion. You know what I mean? Like I just like that's, she was the gold standard and uh, there will never be another uh, like, uh, and it just, it's a really special thing to watch other, to see other people mm-hmm. have more, as much more love and respect for her. Um, and I think that it's, it gets sticky too, because like, you know, people are like, oh, you know, let her just like, let her rest in peace or whatever. Yeah. But like, man, people want to see the music and they want to like, you know, have that little piece of her to hold on to. And like, I put myself in this place to be judged positively or negatively right. by doing this tribute. And well, I mean, you know, unbeknownst to you now, people see you on stage and then feel like they're represented. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, and that's why it's so important to keep like you guys and Tiara girls, man, that, that, uh, that was a really special show when we did the Mohawk with uh neon Indian and you guys, mm-hmm. that felt very full circle to me. Yeah. Cause like I did not go to Creekside imagining that one day I get to play a show with y'all. Yeah. And I was, that it was very, I'd also speaking of, I'm going to wax poetic on some of this stuff, but like to play y'all's ninth anniversary when I was at y'all's first anniversary was yeah. very special to me. And like, so full circle and to, like to play SOS with y'all in that space where it wasn't about necessarily about Latino music, but about Latinos making music. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was, that was, that's yeah. what I'm here for. I'm here yeah. for it all day long. <laughs> Let's do that. Uh, I, you know, as a DJ, you get all kinds of hilarious requests uh, and I'm just thinking of one I got recently that was like, can you play more Latin music? Like <laughs> as I'm playing reggaeton. Yeah. Uh, and then like, <laughs> and then I played like who the Marias, um, which is very like emo synth poppy kind of stuff. And yeah. I was like, Oh, do you mean this? Like, I know what they meant. Mm-hmm. Like sad, put some salsa on or whatever, yeah, yeah. you know? Um, <laughs> And it's just funny, and I have this conversation in my head and with the guys in the crew, like, what makes music Latino or Latinx, you know? Is it it Latinx because it sounds a certain way, or is it because of who's making it, who's participating in it? And, like, you know, there's an article talking about the top 50 out of the 100 songs had more than five people working on the songs. Mm -hmm. You know, of the charting songs currently... Like each song has at least five credits on mm-hmm. it, for sure. And like, like, how do you divide that up? And how do you signify? Oh, this is Latinx because you know, is there a ratio? What do you do? And I think this is different for everybody. Right. That's why for me as a DJ, getting requests for a certain thing like Latin music is yeah. like, well, I'm going to interpret that completely different than you do. Yeah. And intentionally because yeah. I know how narrow-minded you're thinking right now. Right. And you've done this <laughs> for a long time. I'm going to try enough. to open it. This is not the time for me to try to open up your your I'm not gonna, ex- musical exploration, right. but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm not yeah, I'm not I'm not this is not the place to be groundbreaking in terms of like dropping a truth bomb on what it looks like right. for you. Mm-hmm. But you to your point, you've been doing this for long enough to know to to be able to see who's asking and to kind of be able to gauge what it is that they mean. Right. Um yeah, that's a really interesting space to be in for sure. And like, what is what does Latinx music mean? Does it mean, like? I think I think like the term, it, people, it, it's like an individual thing people get to define, right? Whether for themselves or for other people, yeah. like that's something you can't take away from people. Yeah. And I think you know for whatever reason, it happened with Chicano too. Like a lot of people didn't like the term Chicano. Yeah. Um, but the people that wanted to use it wanted to use it mm-hmm. because they needed another way 
to identify themselves from a growing situation where they didn't feel represented. Right. And I totally understand that. And, and for that reason, I'll never badger anybody on how they view things necessarily. Yeah. But if there's a correction to be made, I want to be there. Um, that's such a that's such a big a positive think. way you know what i'm saying yeah it's such a big think existential question what is latinx music what does it mean to you like <laughs> yeah. for my so for my dad it's mm -hmm. it's accordions and gritos and right. for my brother it's mm -hmm. chingo bling and spm mm -hmm. you know and for me it's like man i can't even think like juanes you know like right. that's it's all different selena like bjork juanes mashup oh <laughs> man like it's just it's so many things and like there's like I don't know if you know who Federico Durand is. Mm -hmm. Oh man, mm -hmm. I just heard his album. Oh my gosh! And like, I put my son to sleep with his new album. It's really? so good. Yeah. Um, I, I'm having such an awesome time with all the new stuff that's coming out. Mm -hmm. Like, there's so much good stuff that you know. Maybe like five years ago, I was like tired of all the new rap and all the new. That yeah. was like nothing new is good. But that's just because I wasn't looking hard enough. Right. I mean, there is a like. You know, everywhere from Cap G just put out some stuff, and Herencia uh, de Timbiki from Cali's mm -hmm. got some new stuff, and they're like featured in some Netflix stuff. And yeah. this is an awesome time, I think, to keep keep it, the momentum pushing forward. Yeah, with like, hey. It's okay to listen to not rock or pop. Right. It's to keep the momentum and to push, to continue mm -hmm. to push the envelope as to what people think Latinx music is. Mm -hmm. um, I, it didn't occur to me that the first Latino was headlining Lollapalooza till you told me, oh, yeah. Jay Balvin, last year. Yeah, we went to Chicago to oh, celebrate. Man. It's so that's such a big thing. And like mm -hmm. even this year with Cardi B at ACL Live, mm -hmm. yes, she was 45 minutes late, but she, you know, like she was repping it for the Brown Girls. And yeah. like I was so, yes, she was late, but I was yeah. proud of her, you know, because like, damn. <laughs> It's so funny to me, too, how people like working in festivals and you doing lots of events like I'm sure you have I, I didn't have to explain it to you as to why Lizzo wasn't moved to the headlining spot. You know, like yeah. Lizzo was booked a year ago yeah. and the C3 is going to keep what they have in oh, the place absolutely. of what it is that they're doing. Um, and that day, Cardi B was supposed to headline and Robin was going to headline. And mm -hmm. like, you know, logistically, it wouldn't have made sense. Yeah, and you also understand... Robin would have been pissed. Oh, man. That was, she, Her show was amazing, though. Yes, she was very good. And she was so humble and so yeah. like just in the moment with those mm -hmm. with that audience. Um, that, 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 that was that Sunday of ACL? Mm -hmm. The last performance. That was like the first ACL I've been to where I was like, oh, shit, I had yeah. a good time. Yeah, I mean, totally. I saw Coffee, mm -hmm. Rosalia, Banks, Lizzo, Robin, and then the, caught the last Bruce Hornsby song, and then this other country singer I can't remember her name, but she's super popular. So what? Uh, so to, I, I, this is oh, Casey Musgraves. Casey Musgraves. Yeah. yeah. So this is a question that I have for like all my musician friends who like are do super deep into music. Mm -hmm. What is something that who is someone that you love? You just said Bruce Hornsby, but someone yeah. who you love, who if you were telling somebody. They'd be like, I didn't even think you liked that. Oh, uh, how Professor Longhair? Professor uh, Longhair. Uh, Keith Frank. Keith. Uh, no, I mean I have a lot because yeah. I, I go down these rabbit holes. Yeah. Uh, like you could pick a genre, and I'll tell you a weird person in that field. So okay. to give you like for a point, I'll tell you mine is, and I just I just saw him, which was really mm -hmm. special for me. But I love. I am mm -hmm. a hardcore stand for Billy Joel. That is uh, something I would not expect you to say. I love him. I love him. And I went to Globe Life Park where the Rangers play for yeah. like they're doing their last stuff there before they tear that stadium down. And I saw him. I bought a ticket to sit by myself. And I was um, sitting next to this very Caucasian couple, elderly couple, older, not elderly, older couple. And I just like was there and I just openly wept 
through the whole show and to the point where the lady was like are you okay <laughs> i'm like yes i'm fine this is a very special moment for me it's so silly but like yeah the billy joel for me is definitely yeah. like just i know all of his shit for yeah. some reason interesting um, i mean bjork but uh, i would peg you for bjork though yeah, exactly uh that's maybe Sade. a tough day I, I, also that yeah speaking of crying through shows Aaron and I went to that show and I was just crying the whole time. It's yeah. such a beautiful experience. Yeah. It's like those people, like I saw Celia Cruz at a Bass Concert <gasps> Hall before she passed. Oh my gosh. And like I was in the same emotional mess because yeah. it's like you're seeing these greats and like you may never see them again. Yeah. Um, I did a lot to, of pregnant. To like bring the fucking records and all those memories to life yeah. is a super powerful thing. I did a lot of sh- sh- pregnant crying at mm-hmm. shows while I, w- I saw Grizzly Bear, <laughs> who I very much love. Grizzly Bear is yeah. great. I also saw like the current iteration of Trio Los Panchos, which mm-hmm. is incredible, yeah. at the Mariachi Festival, and I cried a lot through that. But like it just, it, it really has to to. I don't usually go to shows unless it's I can get a moment like that. Yeah, absolutely. you know, like I don't because I play shows and I don't want to go. And now as a working musician, it's really hard to go to shows. Right, you're like. I need to be working on my shows right. or criticizing it because you have your performance in your head all, at yeah. all times. And yeah. my friends, they I, understand, I you yeah. know what I mean? And like, uh, they, they know, you guys know, like I may not be at every mm-hmm. Billy Grossa anniversary, but oh, I, I'm, advocating for, I'm advocating I'll for you. I'm advocating for you guys I'll always. I'll one up for you. Yes. <laughs> and like, just like y'all and like, there's my Austin crew that I really like, AJ mm-hmm. Castillo, I yep. also love very mm-hmm. much. He and yeah, I went to UTSA. The sisters, together. the trio with the Taina? No, not Taina. TR girls. TR girls, yeah, yeah. They're fucking good, dude. <laughs> yeah. Like, man, like they have become like legitimate. I mean, not that they they weren't, but like they are like pros. Yeah, yeah. So. You, I mean, you've been vouching for them for a long ass time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're and they like they they're great. So sweet too. So nice. Is there anybody you haven't opened up for that you're like trying to get, trying we, to holler at? We, uh, like who we want to open for? Yeah. I really want to pay, play with Intocable. Really? Yes. I really want to play with them. And like, at Intocable, this, if you're listening. Yeah. Call me. Call up. They just recorded their last album that they won a Grammys for, of course. Mm-hmm. They recorded at Sound City, which is where, oh, really? yeah. And it sounds it sounds like it. Really? It's beautiful. Yeah. So them, I mean, like just any kind of like Tejano music, yeah. stuff like that. We played with all the like Tejano girls, Stephanie Montiel and oh. like Elida and all them. That's really nice. And like the genre that we do the genre of me, I always say we're the Hano band. Yep. We are. That's that's what Selena was, right. and we don't play anything else. Right. So that's what we do. And like I, I love having those accolades where we get to do stuff with mm-hmm. those groups. And before I had my son, uh, I was wanting to do this project where I took a bunch of traditionally record the Hano songs that were traditionally recorded by men and mm-hmm. re-record them as me. Like Beautiful. I'm a huge yeah. advocate and fan of, at my core, fan of yeah. the Hano music and these songs yeah. and preserving them. Is, is this? Um from your upbringing, your parents' music as well? For sure. Yeah, the, yeah. I knew straight, who, like, what was some of the some of the hits that you can remember like, growing up? I knew who David Lee Garza y Los Musicales were well before I knew anything about Janet Jackson or Paula Abdul. Mm-hmm. You know, like, so I love, like, Emilio Nevada. Like, yeah. we totally grew up with that. And, like, I used to dance with my dad to, like, these the sh- like the shows. And, like, I grew up, my brother played baseball in East Austin. And, every, and during, I don't know if you'll remember this, but, like, used to be Cinco de Mayo had a big Fiesta Garden celebration and while my parents were selling beer at the beer booth we were running around Fiesta Gardens in this contained gated space while like La Diferencia was playing or like just different Tejano bands and Jay Perez I love yeah. Jay Perez oh man yeah. but like that's so special to me and to be in a place where we play among them now so much is mm-hmm. just mind-blowing so like 
not everybody knows who Jay Perez is, but for me, he's like, you know, up, like fucking up here. So I like I always wanted to be doing stuff like alongside him. And like he's, you know, he's just one example. But like the tiny little like wins of things I wanted to do. Um, I'm OK. Um, but like I wanted to sing like David Ligarazuelos Musicales has never had a girl singer. And I always wanted to do that. Awesome. And I like would be in my garage as a teenager, like learning by ear the harmonies so that in case he ever was looking for a girl singer, wow. I was going to like yeah. want to do it. And like I met him and I didn't tell him that because that would have been weird. But I, that's something I always wanted to do. And like I'm a, I like never ending discovery to try to make sure that this this mm -hmm. genre is preserved. Yeah. So that's awesome. Um, so when were you introduced to Paula Abdul? When did that start happening? When I like when I started watching MTV and television mm -hmm. and stuff like that, you know, like it it was we did we didn't really it was never like not introduced to me. It was just something I wasn't really interested in. Right, right, right. Um, when we got old enough to watch it like MTV and stuff mm -hmm. like that, so probably. Well, like, I, I guess I'm more curious as to like. You know, generally when you're a child, your music is what you listen to what your parents are listening to because mm -hmm. you don't own a record player or right, whatever, right, right. Uh, Spotify account. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get my Spotify account until third grade. Yeah. <laughs> so. so so it's always interesting, like, you know, depending on, I guess, around teenage years, what what you what music you want to use to identify yourself with that kind of separates you and allows you to use music to identify yourself that's separate from your parents. Like, what was that? Okay. Did you have that? I have a good, I have an interesting way to antiquate this. Yes, okay. yes. So the first tape I ever had, like it's, it's like pieces of media. This is kind of how I do it. So the first eight track I ever had that was like a thing that my parents bought, but that kind of belonged to me was The Stranger by Billy Joel. That's probably why I like him so yeah. much. Yeah. Um, the first tape I owned, like physically owned, was a Tish Hinojosa tape. And Tish is a singer-songwriter from here in town. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe we got it at a garage sale, and I just held on to it to say that I had a tape. Um, I never owned a piece of vinyl. I owned a piece of vinyl older, later. Yeah, yeah. Like, I didn't own any vinyl because I didn't have anything to play it on. But the first CD I bought with my own money mm -hmm. was uh, White Pony by Deftones. And nice. It was, I had 20 bucks. I went to the Target down the street from our house. It came out on my birthday, which is also Chino's birthday. Mm -hmm. um, I bought that CD and I wore it out. And like, yeah, I, you know, yeah. Deftones really kind of shaped the way. That's kind of how I became friends with Estevato. Like, we just really? realized that we like loved this band. I, I ironically have a, a kindred, a lot of kindred um, homies and friends through the Deftones as well. Like the, on Adrenaline, their first record. Mm -hmm. They played Liberty Lunch, which is, I guess, where Lambert's is now. Yeah. Um, $7 show. Mm -hmm. It was like Deftones, Quicksand, and like two other pretty popular bands at the time. I just I just fell in love. I was yeah. like, yeah, I'm, I'm buying this CD. I'm, I'm in it. I'm in it. I'm, I'm here the, for it. I'm like here for it. Like, it's noise to my sister and my mom and dad. Yeah. They, they can't influence what they can this like, is my choice yeah, yeah exactly. i chose this <laughs> yeah. i pick this mm -hmm. and i was be and at the time it was because like the deftones were on mtv and i were yeah. like so like mm -hmm. just like out there left field my brother's a huge hip-hop head and it was just the antithesis of what like the, the conjunto tejano yeah. opposite the hip-hop yeah, yeah and yeah. i was like i was on a like never-ending like need and journey to like separate myself from just be different and i love deftones now like they're one of my favorite I still love, one of my yeah. favorite bands I'll, and i'll go see them i'll punch somebody in the face for chino yeah yeah <laughs> chino for sure we had the same birthday and i had the same birthday actually no way um yeah i really um, like him a lot it's funny because like it's similar like my my parents are pretty strictly either salsa cumbia or classical music mm -hmm. or opera stuff 
Um, my sister, when she started listening to her own stuff, was like uh, psychedelic 60s, 70s, Janis Joplin, Doors, Jefferson oh, Airplane. Nice. Your sister? Yeah, absolutely. Wow. And then, so me, I was like dance hall, uh, hip hop, and metal, mm -hmm. or rock, or punk, or whatever mm -hmm. you want to call it. Um, all, all three of them. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, definitely. I, there's a similarity where it's like, get, can I get it? How, um, how, how much far further away from, this <laughs> from the, on totally. the up opposite side can I get? And I like, sorry to all the musicians, but I definitely grew up in a music discovery phase for me during the time frame was like when mm -hmm. LimeWire and Napster was heavy. Mm -hmm. So I was getting all the music. And I recall my mother coming into my room being like, what the hell are you listening to? And I'm like, the Velvet Underground, like just like <laughs> stuff like that. And like, the need to separate myself yeah. and be so far away yeah. from what it is. Like my mom, for sure, like lots of 70s disco, mm -hmm. like total like earth, wind and fire, things like that. Love it. My dad, hardcore like Kiss, yeah. like the Eagles, things like rock, like Bob Seger, stuff like that. <laughs> my dad, he's going to be mad at me for telling the story, but he, um, he'll never listen. He doesn't listen to podcasts, sorry. <laughs> but he got kicked out of a Nazareth concert with oh, the 70s shit. for standing on the seats. Damn. <laughs> So he told me that story and I'm like, you're fucking rock and roll. He's yeah, like, yeah. um, anyway. And like, I almost got kicked out of Celia Cruz at best concert. Cause it was like sit down show. And I'm like, you, you are guys, you, you guys me? are going to have to kick me out of here. Cause this is a sad sub man. Yeah. We're not I'm going in. I'm sorry. But like, even now, like I would never like, Oh man, it's not that opportunity is not available anymore, but I would not be going to know no. Celia Cruz show and mm -hmm. sitting. <laughs> yeah. So, no, it was impossible. Sorry. Uh, she, there's a quote that I like of hers that I think I had like on my MySpace profile was like, I live without that stage, I'd die, basically. Yeah, like, yeah. That resonates very well with me. For sure, <laughs> and like, it's so funny. And, even, and in the end, like she was like, she had her husband with her, like family come out, let's go, everybody's involved in this. Yeah, like, for sure. If you think my son's not already learning how to play the drums, he mm -hmm. totally is. His dad's a musician, I mean, yeah. like it's just, it's in our, it's in our, like ingrained in our souls. And, it's I totally resonate with that, yeah. and I, it's funny because I didn't twelve years ago was not doing this. I was right. doing this for other people, and now I'm like, what? The, what was I doing before? Right. I don't know what it's not like. And like, this is gonna sound a little obnoxious, but I don't know what it's like to go on stage and not be the center of attention. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's, I mean, that's what to, I do. You, uh, you, have, you know, you've learned that that's a good way to be when you're on stage. Yeah. No one wants to like watch somebody who's timidly hanging out in the back oh, corner no. of the stage. Yeah. <laughs> I, even when I don't want to be dancing and I don't want to be like oh, yeah. on my worst day, mm -hmm. I still have to go up there and give some people the, my best show. Mm -hmm. Have my bad day at home and have my good day on stage, even if it's some shit I day. I can't remember. Somebody told me one time like they play their, they play to one person like they'll play to a thousand. Mm -hmm. And like th that was the advice they were giving me. Like don't, don't rest or slack off just because you're not feeling good or yeah. there's not a lot of people or whatever like go out and do your thing right and, and be you yeah because the one time you're not you or the one time you have a shitty show is the one time people are going to remember Absolutely. oh they sucked or they yeah. like she didn't even look like she wanted to be up there uh -huh. so you know do you know hayden vitera he's a violin player here in town he's uh, got a he used to be so. have a band called vitera mm -hmm. anyway he's a really great violinist um he we talk about stuff like this and he told me once he was like i would rather play for five thousand people and make 200 bucks mm -hmm. then play for five thousand dollars for two people yeah <laughs> it's like you know it's just i think that that's something that like 
you get it's a it's a beautiful thing and it's like magic sauce when you get to that place and you i'm sure you know what i'm talking about oh, where wow. like you're like everyone is digging what i'm doing right now everyone's in this where i am i am driving this bus and mm-hmm. everyone on the bus is is with me you know like and i've i've seen it happen with mm-hmm. you at or like you yeah know. i'm definitely an advocate for like you know the process of osmosis yeah where if i'm not having a good time there's no way i can expect other people so sure, i'm sure. like i'm I, I'm dancing. I'm having a good time. Sure. I know, you know, 85% of the lyrics to every song. Yeah. <laughs> I'm singing along, you know, I'm yeah. like, come along with me on this ride. And once you start getting, once the charge starts happening and people start getting electrified, you start feeding off each other. Mm-hmm. And it's a good, it's a good way to like learn about yourself yeah. and how your artistic process live, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. which I love to do. It is a, be- it is a beautiful thing to mm-hmm. be in, to be the, catalyst for that kind of happiness or that kind of joy you know like it it is to watch it and to be in that place where man i just did a i was just talking to somebody about how like being like in a play and where you are like where you're you're you know mixing or where i am like sometimes there are many times when i'm the only person facing this way Mm -hmm. you know and everyone's facing this way or like even my guys when they're playing like they're usually head down playing whatever so like it's a, it's such a beautiful place to be, and I live for those moments where we're all like everyone's dancing at the same time, mm-hmm. and we're all vibing together. That's I live for that. To live on that. Yes, yes. Without that stage, I'd die. Shout out Celia Cruz. Feel you know, that. actually, uh, they just released a bunch of her some old recordings that they found. Oh my gosh. Pro tip: anybody looking for it? I think the compilation or records called Havana Nights. Ooh. It's got some remastered stuff on there too. I gotta see Pretty this. Good. I gotta look into this. Okay. Um, on that note. You you want to hit me with some recommendations? What do you listen to these days? Oh, what, music-wise? Yeah. I really love this band called Balloon. I've been listening mm-hmm. to a lot of stuff from them. Um, I have some, like, I, as, as much as I'm an advocate for Latin music, I, I, there's a lot of stuff I like that is not Latin music. I mm-hmm. really love yeah. the new Alan Stone album. It just came mm-hmm. out last week. So good. Uh, I live for City Girls and Megan mm-hmm. Thee Stallion and, and Cardi B and, yeah. like, all that, all those women who are making music for the first time probably ever, like unapologetically saying what they want to say Beautiful. and not worried about like looking like hoes or any mm-hmm. of that stuff. They're like, no, 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 this is how I feel about it. And if I like, I want to like shake my ass for some cash, I'm going to mm-hmm. rap about that because that's mm-hmm. my real life experience. Yeah. And I applaud those women for being so unapologetic about who they are and what they do and for like not being judged. Could you imagine a movie like Hustlers coming out like 30 years ago? Fuck no. Yeah. You know what I mean? They would be, they would be yeah. like, that would be career ending. Have you yeah. seen Hustlers, by the way? Nope. You should see that movie. Oh my God. I saw it twice. Um, have you heard of Tierra Whack? I love Tierra Whack. Yeah, yeah. Badass. Her uh, DJ Fucksack was at Volstead the other day. Yeah. And he was like, he said, he messaged me later after, after Volstead and was like, I was going to ask you to play some Tierra Whack, but then you played it. Thanks. <laughs> nice. I was like, oh shit. I was going to do that anyway. Yeah, I love uh, like women rappers who are like unapologetically it's rapping about so things. So much fire shit out right now. Right. It's great. No name. I mean, yeah, listen to what but we're talking name? about. Sweetie. I like Sweetie too. <laughs> yeah. She's good. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, coffee, yeah. uh, you know, it's dance on reggae and lovers rock. Yeah. But super awesome getting that platform. Yeah. I mean, you know, she's 19. That's crazy. <sighs> I mean,. I, I always kind of get bummed out when I'm talking about to people about like being I'm 33 mm-hmm. and I started my band six years ago, mm-hmm. but like just to hear people like and when I tell people that also I'm a huge George Strait fan yeah. like I know that that's whatever it is but like George Strait recorded his first album when he was 29. Yeah. So I mean I well get, if you if you want to talk about age this last um, 
one of the nominees for best Norteño, Norteño oh, album. Oh, the 82-year-old grandmother? Yeah, Did she win? I don't know if she won. Oh, man. I, I posted that article on the book oh, about word. how, like, yeah, that, and I mean, it's good. It's so good. Yeah. I, I watched a video today mm -hmm. of her and her grandson singing yeah. this um, conjunto. It's like under a tree. Yeah. Yeah, I saw yeah, that one. That's so awesome. And like I went and immediately, of course, they got that recognition and I immediately went to his Instagram to see mm. what I could see about their Grammy experience. Yeah. And like, I love how, and I don't think it would be any other way because they're Latinos, but like, I love how he wasn't just using his grandmother as like a prop. Like she yeah. was in every interview. He oh, was yeah. the one, her grandson was the one pushing yeah. her in the in the wheelchair. Like yeah. they were a team. And yeah. like, if, if my grandmother was like singing with me, you get better ass, I'd be doing the same thing. Absolutely. She'd have me put, she'd put <laughs> yeah. me to work. She'd be sparkly dress and you'd be working double. Yeah. Yeah. She'd be like shinier happily. than me. You should be like, I got this. I'll take this question. Thank yeah. you very much for sure. I love that though, and I'm I'm super excited to see yeah. if they won, and I'm excited to see if that continues. Whether they won or not, I think is still awesome that they were nominated, Absolutely. and and you know, in that in that regard, you know, some of those musicians that don't get the light getting the light, even mm -hmm. for being nominated, I like that. Yeah. About that particular award show, but yeah. also. That when what you were saying earlier, like award show are kind of is kind of like this adding this competitive capitalistic nature to yeah. something that's you know for me brings joy and I'm not trying to commodify like that, right. but I understand you, that is a real deal situation that well, everybody even, has to come to reality in terms with. I just talked about it in a very crass way at, at the Vapor Caves show, mm -hmm. uh, but like even with the Austin Music Awards, like we, I did not start Bitty Bitty Banda to start winning awards and all that stuff. So when we won. We won the Austin Music Award in 2018 for Best Tribute Band, which is a huge accolade. No other, like a couple other women have won, but no Latin women, you know, Latinx people have, have won in that category. It was a huge feather in our cap for us. And then to cut to the very next year, then be like, Bitty Bitty Banda won the last Best Tribute Award, and but they could also, they could easily be in the Latin category. And for me, like that was when I was like, okay, well, I'm not doing this. Yeah. Cause why would I compete for in a category that Como Las Movies is right. in? And like, I'll tell you now, and I, I don't think I've ever told you this before, but every year when they do the nominations in the category of like best, what is the, what is the category? No, um, that's like, no, like not, like not in any genre or like traditional, they, like they, they doesn't fit in any boxes i always yeah. put you guys uh, but like it, it just as soon as they took the category away i'm like this isn't worth competing for this right. should go to this should go to como las movies this should right. go to kiko it should mm -hmm. go to somebody who's doing like i'm not in it we're not trying to win Absolutely. awards no i mean if if i was and maybe you share this opinion maybe not if I was in it for accolades, I, I would have been discouraged a long time ago. How does it stop a long yeah. time ago? I know how good I am. A, I mean, like up until like really, we we were presented with Peligrosa Day on August eighth. Um, there was no real like mention from the city that we love and cherish and nurture and been working in for ten years. Yeah, and it, and that was a cool little. Um, boost of motivation like hey yeah. you know and you know uh, uh obviously business acumen you kind of have to reach out yeah you can't like you say wait around for people to ask you to sing you have to reach out so i yeah. understand that too well know? that for me and for me too in terms of the accolades and stuff the last thing i want to do is be like hey can you give me this thing you know mm -hmm. like can you i think we're deserving of this thing even with the bookings yeah. i'm like i usually like i was not going to reach out to longhorn city limits and be like we're good enough to play book mm -hmm. us I don't operate that way. Like I, you know, and some to people your point, can. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. But to your point, like there are some there are some groups who do a lot of work to bring international artists in who make sure to let us know about that. Mm-hmm. But like I never hear from you mm-hmm. and you're doing like Belligrosa House. You bring in talent from all over the world, mm-hmm. all over the world. And I never hear from you because you're too damn busy <laughs> working, yeah. you know, to be like to to be talking about all the work that you're doing. Yeah. yeah. So and it's I, I also was kind of my mom always put this in my head where if you say you're going to do something, you, you know, her and her studying re- research studies or whatever. It's like if you say you're going to do something out loud, your brain produces a, a chemical that tricks your brain into thinking that you already did it. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I'm real close to the things I'm in the process of working and I don't mm-hmm. talk about things that I have planned because I don't want to not do them because right. my brain tricked me. Right. <laughs> best, I will like win intentional. This. Yeah, totally intentional. And mm-hmm. like, you know, if I'm saying that something is coming, like mm-hmm. it's like 99% done. Absolutely. Like I yeah. hate those people. Mm-hmm. Like I don't hate people, but I hate those people who are like, something big's coming, working yeah. on big things, big things. And then like you see it like two years later, it's like, damn, I've been trying, I had to be Bring excited about this for you for two years. Yeah. So, I mean, if I say like, Big announcement. I usually put a time frame on it. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Like, yeah. and I've already set the written it in ink and signed mm-hmm. the deal, and like, oh, that's when we'll oh, talk EPK about it. EPK is done. Yeah, artwork is done. Like literally, if I needed to, or if it got out, mm-hmm. I could talk about it tomorrow. Right. You know, like mm-hmm. I just the like momentum of stuff, or like this is gonna make me sound like an asshole, but like the people who do one big thing one time and then they talk about it for three years, it's like, we gotta keep evolving. Like, you know, there's expectations here. I mean, there's a, unfortunately there's a business for that shit too. Yeah. So, I mean, that's all fine and good that you did this one thing. You released this album that got a write-up in Rolling Stone mm-hmm. seven years ago. But what the hell's going on now? And what like, y'all doing? Yeah. So. Uh, you were also a nominee for Austin's 40 Under 40 Awards in the Arts and Ent- Entertainment category. I was. Yeah, yeah. I got nominated for that. I don't know how I got nominated for that. And, like, that's another one of those things where talking about grants and programs and things. Like, I had to do a whole process and yeah. stuff. And, like, again, like, I don't really want to spend my time making sure that I get credited for something like I win an award that I have to talk about myself for a whole bunch and like I want I just want to work and I just want to like so I didn't win which was fine my feelings were not hurt but like it's cool to be nominated and like I'd rather do more work that's how I learned about that 81 year old yeah it's cool to be nominated (laughs) and like my like I I care more about my advocacy work and like Mm -hmm. making sure that I'm that the tide that I'm bringing into this this community is raising all the boats so I mean Consider boats raised. Yes. I love it. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, all right. Uh, I think we've been chatting for a while here. All right. I get lost in conversations with you. I know. I know. And I love talking. We, I, literally we don't usually. We jib jab forever. Yeah. And we don't like, there's so many times when like, I like, I want to talk to you about something and we'll start talking. And I'm like, I have to get on stage yeah. right now. Or like, you have to get on stage right now. So just like stuff, and it's always it's always fun to catch up, and like we we were right, we I could talk with you for a few Absolutely. more hours. Uh, well, well, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about what you got coming up? Yeah, what, what are the plans? I mean, twenty nineteen is wrapping up. Twenty twenty, the twenty twenty experience. Yeah. We're about to be in it. Um, so with the banda specifically, next year is the twenty fifth anniversary of Selena's very untimely death. Mm-hmm. Um. Very sad, but also a lot of people want to celebrate her life next Absolutely. year. And we are, we have become the proponents of helping with a lot of that. So mm-hmm. we'll be on tour next year. Um, I got a lot of dates booked and we're, we're, I just told somebody this and I hope it didn't sound the way that I told them. I hope it didn't make me sound like a damn jerk, but like mm-hmm. next year is kind of our victory lap. Yeah. You know, like we are going to, pl- I have worked very hard to be in the position to say no. 
and be like, this isn't worth me taking away time from my son. And Mm -hmm. I don't want to go do this for this money. And like, it doesn't make sense and I don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. So next year, we're really playing in clubs we like. We're Mm -hmm. playing, we're going to markets we know we do well in. We're open for other opportunities. And I know that they just kind of pop up randomly. I love those gigs when you're like, man, looking a little tight this month on the money. And then this beautiful (laughs) thing just shows up and I'm like, yes, give me the contract Uh on the deposit. Thank you. So I know that those things will pop up and I'm excited for that. But also like, we're only gonna, we worked really hard to say no, mm-hmm. and I say and I say we because it's me and the band. You Absolutely. know, like I I a huge advocate for making sure that they get as much recognition as possible because yep. a lot of them, Rocky, Joshua, have been with me since show one. Yeah. So and it was not easy and they've had to play in really weird circumstances and they deserve just as much credit as I do because, mm-hmm. man, um, it's wh- a lot. Where can people find you online? Uh, they can find us uh, Bitty Bitty Banda, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I also, just before we got in here, I was telling you about another thing I'm going to, so um, seems like now is as good a time as ever. Mm-hmm. Um, we are, I am getting ready to uh, announce, introduce my own podcast. Hell yes. Uh, so I'm joining the podcast world. Mm-hmm. Uh, my first episode, well, it's called Nessia by Nature. Beautiful. And you can find the podcast at Nessia by Nature Pod. Hopefully by the time this comes out, I'll yeah. have my shit together with all my outlets. But uh, it's a podcast about just like all the interesting people in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I, I, there's this beautiful moment when you're talking to a person who you care about and they start talking about something that they love, their mm-hmm. face changes. Yeah. And their light around them changes. And I live for those moments. Mm-hmm. And I know so many people who just want to show me they're happy. Yeah. And I, I, that's what the podcast is for me is about. My brother went to the Beyonce concert and has the funniest story ever, ever about it. And I'm going to wait till the pod to tell it. But he, like, my podcast, when he's my guest, we're going to talk about when he went to see Beyonce. And, like just things like that so mm-hmm. uh it'll launch on Jan- in january of 2020 Beautiful. starting for next year and uh, i have to have you on the pod uh, it'll be I'll, I'll come talk to you it'll be more. bananas Absolutely. yeah yeah <laughs> so i'm doing that um in terms of one year five year ten year plans mm-hmm. i have uh when i got pregnant i was looking for re- i was researching things about how to be a musician a woman pregnant on the road and there was nothing so yeah. i am making a something uh i'm working on a, my first book mm-hmm. uh so i'll be doing that uh in the next couple of years yeah, and yeah. working with a copywriter i'd like to publish with a woman of color editor mm-hmm. if i can um but yeah all, all exciting things all forthcoming i don't know how much We'll play Bitty Bitty Banda as long as it's relevant and as long as people like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to p- perform for the rest of my life. But, um, you know. It seems like your performance can really be in any field. It yeah, doesn't I, necessarily have to be specifically singing with the band. For sure, yeah. yeah. And I, 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 you know, I know what, at some point I'll get tired of being on stage and putting mm-hmm. on the hair and putting it all together. But right now it's still fun and it's still something I enjoy doing. And, you know, I think that if there was something that was going to stop me from doing it, it would be if my beautiful son hadn't been born happy and healthy, I mm-hmm. think I would have definitely taken a back, this would have taken a back seat, but my son is no. nuts and mm-hmm. so funny and he hates Bitty Bitty Banda, but he likes music, so he hates it, dude. Would you, would, uh, I think you were showing me uh, some Halloween costumes. Didn't you oh, have yeah. like five Halloween costumes? We do, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's so funny, like the guys in the band are like, he's lucky, we, I, we couldn't have imagined mm-hmm. you, me having a girl, because she would have just been one big pink ball of fur. <laughs> um, but my, we have fun with it, and my son is just like, he's he's game, he's, yeah. he's a good sport, and like, you can't wear, I mean like those Halloween costumes are so cheap, like you can't wear it to all the Halloween parties, it'll just be tattered by Halloween, so. Halloween costumes. I spend lots of money on Halloween costumes and just different avenues of making my son happy. 
it's fun though. Hell yeah. So. Uh, well, awesome. I cannot yeah. thank you enough for coming and having this Thanks discussion. Thanks for having talking, me. This is so fun. Your work with the city and your work as an independent artist, your yes. work advocating for other people. Um, much love, much respect. Thank you so Shout much out for Stephanie having me. Vergara. Thanks. I'm so, so happy to be here and to see your space. And, uh, you know, I, I, I knew about a year of knowing a year into knowing you that like you were a person that I was going to like professionally want to work with for the rest of my life. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, um, this is great and I love you guys and I, I will, I'm here for you when you need me. Bless up. Same here. Love you. you. Hasta so la much. próxima. Radio Peligrosa with Stephanie Vergada. Go look, look her up online. Love y'all. Peace out. Bye. Boom. Thank y'all for tuning in. Radio Peligrosa number eight. Find out more about BDBD Banda. Hit up BDBDBanda.com. Find a link to all their socials. Also wanted to chime in here. Say Peligrosa 12-year anniversary coming up December 20th. That's every third Friday at the North Door. There's a special live music set with Chingo Bling. Uh, word on the street is he'll be uh, filming a music video too. Shh. El Dusty coming up. Corpitos in the house. Nuri Dog coming up from Monterrey. And you know the locals. DJ Manny, Manolo Black, Pagame, King Louis, Susie, and I, Orion Garcia. Thank y'all for tuning in. Until next time, hasta. <laughs>